Welcome to the Ranking Things Podcast, the production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com. I'm Jason Davis. And I'm Eric Wright. Eric, I'm excited for this episode. You know, we can't break out of the 80s, but... We grew up during the 80s. I was 15 to 24. Right. In the 80s. So, right. yeah, that's pretty important. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm a couple of years younger than you, but I mean, it's a very important time for both of us. Right. So, obviously, you know, we're going to talk about what we know, right? We're going to call this episode Songs That Define the 80s. Well, you know me. I had a really hard time because when it's a broad category, I need parameters. Like, remember with the dr- singing drummers and all that? Yeah, yeah. You always put, like, all kinds of rules and limitations on yourself. I do that to some degree, mm-hmm. okay? But I kind of feel like it's our podcast. Right. It's what we like. Yeah. And who gives a shit? There doesn't have to be rules. Right. I mean, we want to have a little bit of a format because there is a subject that we're discussing, but... It doesn't have to be something where we really like put ourselves in a box. But I just confided in you a little earlier today about something about my personality and being competitive and always having to feel like I did everything right. <laughs> this is the be-all, end-all list of the songs well, that define the 1980s. <laughs> well, and, and I won't own up to that at all. <laughs> But that's what you're going for. But that's what I'm going for. (laughs) Okay. But it's ridiculous because, I mean, how subjective is music? Listen, one thing I want to say right out of the gate is that I think we were very, very fortunate to grow up during this time. I think the Mm -hmm. 80s, growing up, being a teenager in the 80s was a blast. There was a little bit of technology, Mm -hmm. but not so much technology like now where like You're being bombarded with all kinds of information. Right. Your parents know where you are all the time. Yeah. I mean, MTV came out in 1981 and it just changed music and it was amazing. it did. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a fun time. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of great music from the 80s too. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of shitty music too. No question. Of course. And we'll probably talk about some of those shitty songs in this episode. Well, yeah. Yeah. I actually had an ongoing uh, argument with one of my friends what. He thinks is one of the best 80s songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so far the opposite. I think it's going to be real interesting to see what we have on our top five lists. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you now, my uh, runner's up list right. is very extensive. So, Well, that's almost how I started this. I just started listing songs that I could remember from the 80s. Right. And before I knew it, I had like 40. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh. And, and I'm thinking, how am I going to pare this down? I have some decent logic as to why I chose some things and yeah, I other mean, things not. I mean, you know, certainly we both know a decent amount about 80s music being, you know, old guys now that grew up in the 80s and stuff. But I guess we should get into it then, right? I think we should. All right. What do you got for number five? Songs Um, that define the 1980s. Number five, Eric. This is probably just about the only one that you'll really agree with me on. Okay. Okay. I like it. Right? I don't I don't have it on my top five list, okay. but but by far you agree. a song. Oh, absolutely. You hear that song and immediately right. you think nineteen you eighties. Know, and that was it. When I was looking at my list and I'm thinking, wow, I've got a lot of great songs that were just happened to be made in the eighties. By the way, the final countdown by Europe if, if yes, you didn't get yes. it from the uh, <laughs> Yes, right. Exactly. If you didn't get it, right. you're not fifty seven right. years old yet. Although um, that song I think sort of transcends the nineteen eighties a little bit too. I mean it's been right. in shows, it's been in movies. Right. I mean yeah, it's in commercials the, now. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's definitely and he still looks good. 
Joey Tempest. Oh my God! <laughs> See, and I picked that one to be in the list. It was from 1986, by the way. Right. Because when I started thinking a little bit about what are the 80s, I started thinking about well, what was really popular? Well, you know, the big hair. Oh yeah. You know, so right away that got me thinking about you know the hair bands, mm -hmm. which your list I'm guessing is going to be more that way, and See? mine is going to be a little different. I'm going to surprise you. Okay. Cool. I'm going to surprise you a lot. In fact, I made okay. a very conscious effort to not be just that kind of music, even right. though that's what I was really into back then. Yeah. I really, you know, I was into a lot of things. That was my main thing. Mm. I really wanted to think songs that came out of the 80s that really have stood the test of time. That's kind of what I went for. I went the total opposite okay. direction. That's great. That's what makes this <laughs> podcast fun. All right. I mean, ahead. I have some, like on the runners up list, I'll have some of that too. And a lot of it is also personal choice too. Well, of course. You know, because again, it's our podcast. We can decide what we right. want. If people disagree, they can email us Piss or whatever. Off. No, I, I listen, everybody's got an opinion. That's fine. Yeah, leave it. Yeah, so no. what's your five? Okay, number five for me, Jesse's Girl from Rick Springfield. Oh my God. So the thing with Jesse's Girl, I remember when that first came out. Now I was very young at the time. Like I wasn't really into music the way I became into music like uh, in my later teen years. Okay. So Jesse's Girl came out when I was like 12. So that's like or, real early 80s. Yeah, early 80s, 1981. I remember hearing it on the radio. I remember it being a thing. And then, of course, when MTV came out, I remember the video. Jesse's Girl was a number one hit for Rick Springfield. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was one of, I don't know how many other number ones he had, but it was his first big hit. He was like a 15-year overnight sensation, too. Like, mm -hmm. he had been trying to make it in the music industry for 15 years in Australia. He came over to America, and this song came out around the same time that he uh, was on General Hospital. Oh, yeah. And so it was yes. like, you know, the perfect storm of celebrity yeah. for him, where the song became a huge hit, and he was really popular on the show. And then next thing you know, he's then he's in movies and everything else. Right. So, but I read about uh, the story behind the song was that mm -hmm. he wrote it after meeting a guy and his girlfriend in a stained glass class. He was taking a class making okay. stained glass. All right. And he wanted her. And he had the hots for the girl. Oh. She wasn't interested. Oh. Turns out the guy's name was Gary, not Jesse. But Gary is a friend. Yeah, yeah it doesn't Jesse, work exactly. Yeah. Exactly, uh, it didn't sing as well as Rick yeah, said. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. So it's it's based on a real real life experience for him. Okay. Pat mm -hmm. Benatar's husband and guitarist Neil Giraldo yeah. plays the solo on the song. I know that. Yeah. Jesse's girl's been in a lot of movies and TV shows. Right. Thirteen going on thirty. Boogie Nights. Keeping the faith. Couples Retreat. Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> And on TV, Dawson's Creek, Californication, yeah. Two and a Half Men, Master of None, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, one of yes. our favorite shows. Oh, yep. So, I mean, it's really stood the test of time. Great song. I still enjoy hearing it when I hear it. Mm -hmm. And it even like at parties, as a DJ, it went over really well. Yeah. yeah. You know, right. it's not a song that I think you can really dance to a lot, but people right. dig it. So yeah. more than 40 years later, it still works. Okay. What do you got for four? I have 1982's Blinded Me with Science nice. by Thomas Dolby. That's a, that's a great choice. Quirkiness. The 80s, definitely you have to say there was a quirkiness. Oh, God, yeah. That we probably, we weren't seeing at the end of the 70s. Okay, I don't think in general. There yeah, was, yeah, there were some bands that were. There's always outliers. I think in the, new wave. The I think early really, 80s, yes, in yeah. the early eighties, we got more experimenting with the fun of making music. Yeah, you know that's true. And then with and then with MTV coming out, visually things had to be grasping. Mm -hmm. So now we're starting to see crazy makeups and all the big hair and all that stuff. 
Blinded Me With Science is on my list because that's just about like one of the quirkiest songs oh, yeah. that ever hit the mainstream, you know? I yeah. mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there. And it was the electronica, and it was kind of like this response to the 70s when we saw the rising of like heavy metal and punk and you mm-hmm. know, new wave. I was just going to say that I think that one of the reasons that music became a little bit more fun in the 80s and silly mm-hmm. and goofy is because it might have been a backlash to the punk movement. Mm-hmm. You know, because punk was so, you know, in your face and, right. you know, anti-establishment and all that. Right. And then the new wave people were just like, we're just here to have fun. Well, and the thing, too, is that punk, there's definitely a genre of punk where a sense of humor was part of it. But we didn't see that in the mainstream. I mean, you can yeah. you can say like, all right, well, you know, there's the dead milkmen and they became fairly big and all right, that. Right, right. I mean, the Ramones... They're not really like the Sex Pistols. No, not exactly. You're talking very different things. Yeah, absolutely. But they're both punk. They're both Mm -hmm. considered punk. I think it's a great choice. You hear that song, you go, 80s, immediately. Exactly. See, I went a little different with my list. Yeah. I certainly had songs like that in mind, too. But I wanted to think songs from the 80s that impacted me, Mm -hmm. that I think have really, they still play well. Right. But that's a little dangerous, too, because... There's a lot of songs that are now considered classic rock or whatever. Mm-hmm. But right. I, I think there's no wrong answers to this because we're going to talk, when we get into the anything that didn't make the top five, I right. think we're going to probably agree on a lot of stuff. I went a total different way in my yeah. thinking. See, I like that though. Yeah. I like that, you know, because then I think it covers more of what the how, 80s was. How boring would it be if you and I had the exact same songs? It would be very boring. We'd just be like, I yeah, think it would be, that I, was good too. It would have been amazing if we if picked the same. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we have at least one that we share in the top five, but you never know. If Depending yeah. on how you're thinking, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So this is cool. So what was year four number four for me i went a couple of different routes and then i finally (laughs) landed today earlier Uh on promises in the dark by pat benatar oh man now i wanted to get a female artist in my top five for starters and i can't think of anybody better Mm -hmm. than pat benatar for the 1980s you say better i love pat benatar absolutely but if you're thinking 80s female you have to have madonna and cindy lopper okay I, I had thought of both of them, too. Yeah. I do not like Madonna as an artist. Right. I think she's great at reinventing herself. And mm-hmm. I get that there's a, a whole mass of people who love Madonna. And I don't mm-hmm. have any problem with that. Right. But this is my top five. <laughs> my podcast. Our podcast, <laughs> our right? Pod. Well, yeah. If I don't want to talk about Madonna because I feel like Madonna's been talked about enough, I'm not going to talk about <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> right? All right. Originally, I actually had Joan Jett, I Love Rock and Roll, in this slot. Yeah. And then I'm like, no. I mean, that's a great song, and she's a great artist from the 80s and beyond, right, Joan Jett. Right. But Pat Benatar is Pat Benatar. I love yes. Pat Benatar, yeah. and, I, and I wanted to have Pat Benatar in my top five. Originally, I had Hit Me With Your Best, best. Shot, Oof. because to me, that is like her career song. And that signifies the 80s the way I'm thinking. Yes. And I mean, you know, you think of in Fast Times at Richmond High when all the girls are dressing up like Pat Benatar. Right. Like they're taking her look from that stage of her career pretty much. Mm -hmm. Promises in the Dark, my favorite Pat Benatar single. Okay. It's a great song. It's not her biggest hit. This did reach the top 40. It peaked at number 38. The album that it came from, Precious Time, Mm -hmm. uh, reached number one. It's a great song. I still get fired up when I hear it. Mm -hmm. There's so much great about this song. Her voice, the guitar solo by Neil Giraldo is phenomenal. Yeah. 
And they wrote it together. It's kind of interesting. It's a song about dealing with the emotional scars from past relationships and mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And they wrote the song together. She kind of had the beginnings of it, maybe the lyrics and some of the melody. And then she said, here, see what you can do with this. And then he kind of hashed out the rest of it on a piano, okay. which I think is very cool, especially mm -hmm. because it's such a hard driving guitar song. The last verse wasn't written until they were actually recording the song like oh, really? in the studio, which okay. I think is also very cool. But Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo were married a year after this. Mm -hmm. And they just celebrated their 40th anniversary uh, recently. Holy so, cow. so I think it's very cool that a song about breakups and bad relationships ended up leading to them having this great relationship. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it's such a great song. Mm -hmm. Still, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Well, a good friend of mine, if he was here, he would say he half agrees with you. He okay. agrees with the Pat Benatar. Okay. But he would he would say the song, uh, we're running with the shadows. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one too. I yeah. mean, love is a battlefield. Mm -hmm. uh, but I chose Promises in the Dark because for me, it's it's her strongest. It's power. Yeah, yeah. it's power. It's a I mean, Shadows of the Night, great song too. The video mm -hmm. is really cool. Yeah. Uh, the video for Promises in the Dark, I remember very vividly yeah. because yeah. Pat Benatar was wearing a skin tight jumpsuit, mm -hmm. not leather, right. but... Hugged her curves was. perfectly. Yes. <laughs> and, yep. you know, when you're a... Uh, teenager boy. A teenager, yeah, like 13, 14 years old, or, that, you know, around that age. Yeah. You're going, yeah. That image is going to stay with you. <laughs> Absolutely. With, until you go to bed. Yeah. So. <laughs> Number three for you, sir. And I ran. Nice. I ran. So that's from 82, The Flock of Seagulls. Mm -hmm. Okay. Somewhat quirky, but hitting other things, you know, like the the fantastic hair, mm -hmm. you know, the the video, um, <laughs> just the look. I mean, the hair. How freaking cool was I'm seeing it right. I'm seeing it in my head right you now. Know, I just, I love that song. And mm -hmm. I think it just fits with like stuff from the 70s, but making it more accessible. Yeah. You know, kind of taking the new waviness of it. Mm -hmm. And making it, you know, poppy. In general, you know, I'm picking songs that are standing the test of time. I do think some of these songs somewhat stand the test of time, but Listen, not as wide appeal. Well, that's the thing. Like, you're picking songs that definitely scream 1980s. Right. And I like yeah. I like that. I thought I should go that way, too. Mm -hmm. Then I found myself going, I don't want my top five to just be one-hit wonders. Right. Because, I mean, yeah. that's kind of what's you know, could happen very easily. Mm -hmm. Because the 80s were filled with a lot of that. I mean, but I think Iran is a great song, yeah. you know, for what it is. But good choice. Excellent. All right. And you're three. Number three for me was Jump by Van Halen. <sighs> Look, I got to have Van Halen in my top know, five for the 1980s. I gotta. Now- Because you're going that way. Right, exactly. That's what makes the podcast interesting, at least to me. I was thinking about Jump. Of course, I think about Van Halen. I'm like, oh, but Panama, no, that song still is See? great. Jump, I'm like, you know, Jump is almost 80s exclusive kind of, but- Oh, I don't know about for, that. Not enough for my list. I mean, Jump is a very 80s sounding song with the keyboards and stuff. Right, right. And it was very different for Van Halen at the time. Yeah. Now, if you asked me- what song from that album I prefer, Panama, every day. Uh, right. I mean, that's a fucking great song. Right, right. But I think Jump is a number one hit for Van Halen. Mm -hmm. It was gigantic. I mean, I remember the song being so ubiquitous at the time when it first came out and became a hit that I was sitting, hanging out with some friends, and I'm like, I bet if I turn the radio on right now, Jump will be on. <laughs> Click, there it was. Like, literally. Well, Jump holds a place in my heart. Because in college, for a few years, every semester, they had a battle of the bands. Okay. And we won twice. And the first time we won, we did Hot for Teacher and 
Jump. Jump was the song that everybody knew. Right. So then we came back for the encore. And okay. our encore was Panama. <laughs> and then we won. Nice. And we were like, we have to do another one? Uh-oh. So we did Jump again. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, hey, that's not a bad thing. So I hold that in my heart. Yeah. Dave and uh, Ted Templeman, their producer, did not think this should be a Van Halen song for a couple of reasons. Mm -hmm. Ted was like, the keyboard part is very pedestrian. You're a fucking amazing musician. Right. And, you know, it's a very simple keyboard part. It doesn't sound like a mm -hmm. Van Halen song. Right. Dave was like, you're a guitar hero. You yeah. can't be doing keyboards. You're a guitar hero. And he mm -hmm. wanted to keep mm -hmm. going down that, that road. Right. But look, Eddie's a, an artist. He started on piano. Right. I would say his parents, his father, I think, particularly yeah. was into music. Yeah. He was classically and trained and all, and all that. Yeah, exactly. So Eddie really fought for it. And mm -hmm. good thing he did because of the success that it had. Yeah. And, and, it, and honestly, 1984 was a big album in great part to the success of Jump, yeah. I would say. When the video came out, very low budget, you could tell. Yeah. I remember David Lee Roth saying that they most of the budget went to beer, <laughs> which I believe that. There's a, a guy on YouTube. His name is Rick Beato, B-E-A-T-O. Okay. B -E -A -T -O. okay. He has a great channel with all kinds of very informative kind of stuff. He's a producer and musician. He does a, a series of videos called What Makes This Song Great. Episode 61 of that series is about this song, 20 minutes well spent. Really? You'll hear things in the song you didn't even know were there. Okay. There's stuff going on under the guitar solo in this song. It's not out front because obviously the guitar solo is the right. thing that you want to be listening to. Mm -hmm. But there's a groove that goes on there. Alex Van Halen's drumming and the keyboard part that goes on under the guitar solo. Oh. That's so cool, and that's highlighted in this video that Rick okay. Beato did. So anyway, look for that on YouTube. Beato. Rick Beato. Rick Beato. I'll yeah. look. All right, what do you got for number two? Number two from 1985. Take <laughs> on me. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not yup. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I just remembered this song was ginormous. Mm-hmm. But the video, the video is so to this day, to this day, one of the greatest of all time, if I, not, if not the greatest. I think so. First time I saw that video, I was hanging out with some friends, college party. So there'd been a little drinking, a couple people throwing up in the corner, whatever. But um, you know, MTV was making this big deal. That, oh, we're gonna have this video soon. Mm -hmm. We're like, who the hell's a huh? Like, yeah. Never. And when they brought that video on, we were like, wow, we wow, weren't, right? we weren't huge into the music. Mm -hmm. Um, because most of the guys that I was hanging around with had very, very taste. I mean, you know, deadheads and metalheads. So mm -hmm. um, no one agreed on that. I definitely appreciate cool. the song itself more now as I'm older. To me, if it didn't have loud guitars and drums back then, <laughs> you know, I, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. no. I but the video it. was phenomenal. Right. Anyway, that's my number two. two and very me. 80s too. Number very two, 80s. Number two for me, Living on a Prayer, Bon Jovi. <sighs> <laughs> You picked that just so I would sigh. Dude, no, there's no denying how great Living on a Prayer is as a song. I don't care if you hate Bon Jovi. You can't, you can't sit there and say that you, you're not going to acknowledge that it's a great song. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, everybody. Song. And it's not just and because I we're from like Jersey bon either. And I like Bon Jovi fine. Yeah. Bon okay. Jovi was a big part of my experience as a teenager, too, mm -hmm. though. And I have to say that I'm more of a fan of that earlier stuff. Okay. than what they're doing now. I think mm -hmm. Bon Jovi without Richie Sambora doesn't make sense to me, personally, yeah. for a lot of reasons. Right, okay. Did he help with the writing Oh, God, stuff? yeah. Did he? Yeah. Okay. He's, uh, he's one of the co-writers on this song with John, Richie Sambora, and Desmond Child wrote this. Okay. Big part of their sound, his vocals. Oh, yeah. Those two voices together, like, mm -hmm. define the Bon Jovi sound back in the day. Yeah. 
And the way I'm defining 80s, they definitely fit in there. You mm-hmm. know, they got the hair, they had the jeans and the leather shirts and yeah. all that. I mean, you. it sounds like your direction was more like bands that really were more about the 80s. Right. I went for songs that came out in the 80s mm-hmm. that have a lot of impact and are right. still relevant. Exactly. And artists too. I mean, look, Bon Jovi's still out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still doing stuff. So oh, yeah. good for them that they, yeah, sure. they were able to kind of roll with the punches, so to speak, because mm-hmm. they could have very easily been one of those bands that once the big mm-hmm. hair kind of went away, right, they yeah. could have been part of that. But they pivoted at the right time. They got away from like the real glammed up sort of look right, yeah. before it became, uh, you know, out of style. Too passe for yeah. them or by age or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But there's a lot of great stuff about this song that I just want to really quick. Yeah. Originally, John didn't want to put this on the album. He thought it wasn't good enough and it's hard to sing, all this kind of stuff. Mm. Richie Sambora and Desmond Child knew it was a hit. They got some help for what they referred to at the time as the Pizza Parlor Jury. They had recorded up in, in Vancouver and then they brought a cassette to a place called Enzo's in Sayreville, okay. which is uh, John Bon Jovi's hometown. Mm-hmm. It's now called Angelo's, by the way. It's on Main Street in a little strip mall. But anyway, so they went down there with the boom box and the cassette and they played all the songs that they were considering for the album for the kids that were hanging out in the pizza shop. Okay. Go right to the audience, right? Makes sense. And based on the feedback that they got, that's a lot of what went into what became Slippery When Wet. Obviously, it wasn't totally up to them, but they made a case for Living on a Prayer, and that's yeah. how it ended up on the album. It became a number one hit. Mm-hmm. John Bon Jovi admitted in a 2020 interview that he kind of struggles with the key change. He said, I was a younger man at the time. And, you know, every single time that key change comes up, I think, what were you thinking? But, you know, I was 25, young and dumb. Right. <laughs> and that's probably true. Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. Man. You don't know if you're going to be around yeah, you don't in 40 know if, years. Exactly. You don't know if 40 years later you're still going to be singing the song. Right? And you got to be thinking, wow, if 40 years from now I'm still singing this song, I'm either doing really great... So I can sing it however the hell I want. Or I'm in Branson, Missouri. Right, or I'm like singing at balloon festivals. Oh, God. In the song, Tommy and Gina, right? Right. So Tommy was originally going to be Johnny because that's Desmond Child's actual name. John Bon Jovi thought it was too on the nose because John Bon Jovi. Yeah. So that's how it became Tommy. Gina, and plus Desmond Child liked it. It was an alliteration with Gina, Johnny and Gina. Okay. So the story is kind of based on Desmond Child's actual life. Uh, his girlfriend at the time, Maria Vidal, was uh, nicknamed Gina mm-hmm. by some of her uh, co-workers because she looked like Gina Lola Brigida. Hey now. I think it's kind of cool that it's actually sort of based on on a real story. Yeah. He didn't work on a dock, but she right. actually worked in a diner. So yeah. you're halfway there. Yeah. Whoa. Oh. Oh, hey. <laughs> nice. Oh, my gosh. What do you got for number one? My number one from 1985, Don't You Forget okay. About Me by Simple Minds. That's a great choice. I'm kind of going away from my rule about it being just an 80s song, because this song definitely still resonates. I mean, what was that movie not that long ago with uh, all the female singers? Oh, Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. You know, it's brought in then. And it's like, and my kids knew the song. I remember when we were in Scouts and they were teens. So this is in the early, you know, 2000s. People are talking about that song or they're playing. I'm like, oh, my God, these teenagers are a lot of them were listening to classic rock Mm -hmm. because they were learning guitar. But then this song would come up, too. And I was like kind of surprised because it definitely has the 80s sound. It's Mm -hmm. got, you know, the keyboards and stuff to it. But I love his vocals. Mm -hmm. I remember when they were 
at in Philadelphia, 1980-something, was the Feed the World, the big concert that was in Philly and also in London at the same time. Oh, uh, Live Aid. Live Aid. So I just remember we were watching Live Aid, and some of the bands, it was hard to understand them, or it was either early in the morning and they were already drunk. It's just... But then when Simple Minds came out, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, this is going to sound horrible. It sounded great. Huh. It really did. His voice was awesome. You know, the all the electronica mm-hmm. sounded really good. That just hit us. It's from a great movie, too. The Breakfast Club has stood the test of time. Right. And so the song... And, you know, honestly, there's so many great soundtrack songs from the 80s mm-hmm. that could easily be on, you know, a top five songs from the 80s list. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, so I'm glad at least you named one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> because my number one does not uh, come from a movie. I'm really dying to hear okay. what you got. Um, it's not Lick It Up, by is the, it? No, God, no. <laughs> Thank you. It's one of the worst Kiss songs. What's your number one? Are you on the edge of your seat, sir? I really am. Well, I don't think you could do a top five list of songs from the 80s without mentioning one of the biggest artists for the 1980s. Michael Jackson. Billie Jean is number one for me. Really? Yeah. I originally thought I was going to do Beat It for right. a couple of reasons. One, Eddie Van Eddie Halen's Van Halen. guitar <laughs> solo. I know, I know. Predictable. But, it, but that was two, very 80s. Two, Weird Al did a parody of Beat It. Which was awesome. And that's iconic. Yeah. But then I said, look, Billie Jean, it's his best-selling single. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number one hit. Yeah. The first time we saw him moonwalk was to this on oh, that Motown special, okay. Motown 25th anniversary special. Okay. The video for Billie Jean was the first video played on MTV by an African-American artist. Okay. Which to me is mind boggling. Yeah. I think at the time, you know, they justified it as, well, we're trying to be more of a rock thing. They got a lot of pressure and, and then eventually, obviously, they yeah. had to be more diversified than mm-hmm. what they were playing. And look, the video for Billie Jean, all of his videos from this album were pretty iconic. Yeah. Yeah. So Michael Jackson. King of pop. King of pop. Prince of pop. No. He's the king of pop. pop. Yeah. So then who's the prince of pop? Prince, I guess. Prince. (laughs) (laughs) But Thriller is still the highest selling album of all time. 40 Mm. years later. Wow. Sales of around 67 million. Yeah, that's nuts. You All right. Do our runners up. Essential runners up. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I can't believe how long my list is. I'm going to start with 1980 Funky Town. Okay. Okay. Yes. To me, that is... Super 80s. Oh, yeah. And you, like, and you can say... <laughs> doesn't get more can, 80s than that. And, you know, and I hear that, and then that reminds me what you just said about them, Van Halen, almost not doing jump. Right. Because that keyboard was very basic and pedestrian. And, right. You know, but that's what the popular 80s stuff was. Right. You know? And I think Eddie probably knew that. He said, well, you know, if I can incorporate that and my guitar in a song, there yeah. you go. Yeah, and he's Eddie Van Halen, man. Yeah, exactly. Don't question the master. Right, right. <laughs> so Funky Town, Lips, that's kind of like- Lips the, Inc. Lips Inc. So that's kind of like- Lips the, Inc. Get it? Yeah. To, really? Yeah. I never thought of that. I'm <laughs> such an idiot. There you go. Um, I just blew your mind. You did. Cool. You totally blew it. What do you got? Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're, you're so, so fine. You blow my mind. mind. Hey, Mickey. <laughs> hey, Mickey. Yes. I mean, what's more 80s than that? Wow. Very little, right? See, now that almost ended up in my top five, but then I'm like, I don't like that song enough to make it in my top five of the 1980s. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's, 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 I wanted the top five that I chose to be songs that I actually really liked a lot too. Okay. Yeah. Mine were- You went a different way. Although you liked the songs I did like the songs. Um, I did go 
Yeah, slightly different way. Mm -hmm. Let it to be more representative mm -hmm. of the 80s. So here's one. Tainted love. Oh, yeah. Come on. Absolutely. You turn that on, you're like, 80s. When a problem comes along, you, you must whip, whip it. it before the cream sits out too long. <laughs> I mean, come on. You got on. to Devo before I did. I can't I know. believe Amazing, that. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on, Eileen. Yes. It might be gross, but... <laughs> That's C O N E on Eileen. Right, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Material Girl by yeah. Madonna. I had like a virgin for Madonna. Sure. Only because when she performed it on the MTV Music Awards, uh -huh. her like writhing around on the bed in the bridal in the, gown and the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. That was iconic. That's an image. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I and the video for Like a Virgin was cool too. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's just because Material Girl, yeah. I just picked that song because the background singing yeah. is robotic. Like, you know, Man, bang, and I'm a material world. world. Yeah. And that sounds very 80s. It's the safety dance. Oh, yeah. I had that. See, I'm yep. heading quirky. On my runner's up list, there's a lot of that, but there's also stuff like Pour Some Sugar on Me, a song that was gigantic I for love Def Leppard. Yeah. Last night, Sue and I decided to watch Ghostbusters again. Oh, my God. And as soon as that theme song started, I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Yes. I mean, first of all, that movie was well, a yeah, classic. It was a great movie, yes. Great movie. And the song is, you know, part of the success of the of everything. Yeah. So. I and I would put that on my songs of the eighties list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, definitely. Absolutely. That has that the sound that <laughs> so it's kind Absolutely. of fun and quirky and all that. You like avoided all hard rock and hair metal and whatever I guess you want. We're not going to take it. It's another one from Twisted Sister. I mean, that one's again, has really stood the test of time. Yeah. A lot of people use it for political purposes, blah, blah, right, blah, whatever. Right. But back in the day, when that song first came out, now you got to remember, mm -hmm. that song first came out, I'm in eighth or ninth grade. <laughs> yeah. And when those fucking guys came, you know, the video for that song was amazing. <laughs> That's great. It yes. was amazing. The humor, the, the guy that I guess is supposed to be Niedermeyer. Right, yes. You know, they don't actually call him that, probably for copyright issues. Right, but, but it is him. Same actor. And, yes. you know, he does the whole pledge pin on your uniform, your uniform. stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just phenomenal. Well, Twisted Sister, yeah, that's kind of one of those bands that I would be on the cusp. Definitely huge in the 80s, but they also did live on. Maybe it's also since I do have but look rock at them, and roll tendencies. They scream the 80s. Everything about them, the big hair, the makeup, the, flat, yes. the, the brightly colored uh, outfits. Yeah. And, you know, fist pumping hard rock. No synthesizers. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads me to my next two. Okay. Um, both by Falco. Okay. Oh, rock me, Amadeus. Oh, no, rock me, Amadeus. Yeah. And Alice Clara, El Commissar, or Der Commissar. Oh, my God, El? That's Spanish. Yeah. Forgive me. <laughs> Grandpa, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> I was going to say, and you're Opa. German. Opa. <laughs> you supposed to be. Super 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, feel the noise, quiet riot, walk this way, run DMC, Aerosmith. Aerosmith, yeah. Come on, that song, not that... only did it cross barriers, mm -hmm. but it like rejuvenated Aerosmith's career. Don't Stop Believing, Journey. Okay. Summer of 69, Brian Adams. See, th those last two are songs that I would say don't belong in 80s because... These are songs that have stood different. the test of time. Yeah, I kind of... You're going more that sound like the 80s. What about yeah. Duran Duran, Hungry Like the Wolf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So any songs that really still get a lot of airplay now you don't think should be on this list? In general, I mean, I'm trying to think of one. Like, do you hear Relax, Don't Do It? Do you hear that anymore? Not, not nearly as much but as you did back then, that's for sure. crazy huge 80s, Yeah, right? I got one. What? You're too shy, shy. 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 
Hush, hush, I do I. Kaja Goo Goo. Oh, that's great. I like that. Betty Davis Eyes? Yeah, okay. That was a ginormous hit it in the was. early 80s, dude. Yeah, I know. All right, know. what do you Lister got? in the Sun, Violent Femmes. Okay. Although, I have a little note that they're not quintessential 80s. Right. Because, you know, that kind of... that That's that another one that... You like, could kill. You could say, that might be 90s even. Yeah, and you can you still know? play it now and people go, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it might be fresh and new. So if I have to go back... I'm really sticking to my guns. Okay. I have like, if you leave, okay. don't look back. OMD, yep. hold me now. Thompson I'll Twins, yep. Right. I just died in your arms tonight. Cutting crew, nice. Okay. How Josie's about- on a vacation far away. Your Love by the Outfield. Uh, That's a great song, dude. You spin me right round, baby. Nice. Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer, Centerfold, <laughs> Jay Giles Band, Dancing in the Dark, Bruce Springsteen, Rebel Yell, Billy Idol. Yeah, see, those songs to me. I got one. Okay. You're going to agree with this one. Okay. I remember right. when this song first came out, I liked it so much. I think I even had a 45 of it. And I remember when MTV first came out thinking, oh, I just want to see the video for this song. Human League, Don't You Want Me. Don't you? Yes. Oh, right there. Mm-hmm. You're. I co- totally agree. Okay. West End Girls oh, by Pet Shop Boys. Pet Shop Boys, okay. All right. I'll stop the world and melt with you. Modern English. Modern English, right? Yep. This much is true. Oh, Spandau Ballet. Oh, right. my God, yeah. Yeah. You're like, if it's new wave, it qualifies pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm kind of heading See, I Because I think rock and roll is more timeless. It is, but the rock and roll songs that came out of the 80s still remind me of the 80s. Power of Love, Huey Lewis and the News, or anything by Huey Lewis and well, the News. What I'm not Down hear- Under. What I'm not hearing from you, mm-hmm. which is surprising me, mm-hmm. maybe they're coming, is the hair bands. Well, I Why purpose- am I not hearing like Warrant from you and uh, because, some of those others? Because I think that's a very, that's like it's almost his own genre now. I think that like it's all very 80s for the same reasons that you're poo-pooing like my classic rock stuff. Yeah. Like Warrant was pretty big. And they had a couple of pretty big songs. Yeah, yeah. But they, they're not Def Leppard big. Right. For example. And I'm not saying, for me, this, this whole exercise has not been the bigness of the band. I get that. Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. Home Sweet Home, yes. Yeah, which was one that I talked about on the Power Ballad episode of Ranking Things. Yeah. But Um, I mean. Here I go again on my own. Yeah, White Snake, yep. 8675309. Oh, that's its own. That's its own thing. I mean, that's a total 80s song. Prince obviously transcended the 80s, but like he was fucking huge in the 80s, dude. Right. Right. So how do you not consider him quintessential 80s or, you know, an artist that defined the 80s, you know? No, he does. When Doves Cry is one I had. Oh, okay. How about like stuff from movies, like Axel F theme from Beverly Hills Cop. And the one from um, from, um, Ferris Bueller. Oh, yeah. Yes. Crazy 80s. Crazy 80s. Yeah, I mean, you know, we could probably... Um, we could go just, on for hours. I yeah. have three more pages. Oh, and I'm God. not Right. So. Yeah, I think we should end now. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, as we wrap things up, we came into this podcast with sort of a different mindset, but I think we're both correct. How's that? Yeah. Well, especially since near the end, you were coming around to my side. <laughs> we could sit here for hours. But nobody wants so, that. No. So let's wrap it up. No, we talked too much already. Hey, thanks for joining us for the Ranking Things podcast, a production of Jason Davis voiceover. 
Please visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, internet and corporate video, e-learning, phone message, and more. Hey, if you want to get involved in the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us rankingpodcast at yahoo.com or tweet at Jason Davis Voice. Eric, thank you for another fun episode. Super thrilled to be here, as always. (laughs) And thank you for listening to the Ranking Things Podcast.